Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. I'm Faith Mafadon. Thanks for tuning in. Black History Month in Boston is off to a phenomenal start with a focus on the arts. Last week, BNN's Garrett Adamsev went downtown to check out the Black History Month kickoff at City Hall Plaza. I'm black, black and I'm black, I'm black. And I'm happy to be here on Black History Month as your state representative of the 5th Suffolk District where I uh, represent the most people of color in the Commonwealth. And again, I'm black and happy Black History and Month. I'm proud. The Black History Month kickoff and flag raising at Boston City Hall on February 6th marks the beginning of the city's yearly celebration of black Americans' contributions to this country. This year's theme, arts and culture. Black American history is American history, period, end of story. We need to always recognize that the contributions of African Americans, black Americans to this country uh, is, goes all the way back in the story that needs to continue to be told and needs to be told from perspective of not just this month, uh, but all the time. Boston would not be the city that it is today if not for our black leaders, black artists and activists, black entrepreneurs and advocates, all sharing their craft with the deep knowledge of how much is at stake for our communities. Mayor Michelle Wu introduces the ceremony's honored artists, Paul Goodnight, whose daughter accepts the award, and Shamba Yanje Dibinga, who honors her parents. A man who stands larger than the three-story image of him on the side of Nubian Gallery. The image is only the tip of the iceberg of his legacy. What is unseen is underneath the service of our ancestors and the backs and shoulders of the folks that paved the way for him. The Reverend Dr. Dabinga Wasaid, may he rest in power and peace. My mom, Dr. Golela Dabinga, who are Congolese immigrants. They came here many, many years ago from the Democratic Republic of Congo with my sister Musao and my brother Sa on their backs. And their journey from Congo to the US was nothing short of horrific. The sacrifices they made for my siblings and I to do what we're doing today and to stand where we're standing today, for me, are unmatched. Keynote speaker Tanisha Laird is the inaugural president and CEO of the Greater Roxbury Arts and Culture Center. And she believes black artists deserve this special recognition. A, a lot of times when we think about um, history, artists are actually lost in that when they are so important to the vibrancy of our community. District 7 City Councilor Tanya Fernandez-Anderson also praised the importance of black art. It's not just in the work of liberation and our accomplishments in architecture, engineering, and otherwise, but also how arts uplift us as a community, as a society, as a people, and continues to tell the story and our legacies. Featured poet Amanda Shea said moving to Boston in 2006 helped her become the spoken word performer she is today. When I moved here, it really like taught me how to take my journal entries and my diary entries out into the real world and actually put it into my spoken word poetry. So it allowed me to find my voice, my authenticity, and how to be unapologetically me. Our land, the motherland, where the sun illuminates our melanin. Yeah, that's right, we glow different. Afro-descendants fighting oppression in systematic institutions, black magic.
we turned into black girl magic. And as for how we should celebrate Black History Month? Take in some art. That's how I would like. There are people who are making art today that are essentially the history of the future. Speak with friends and neighbors and understand our culture um, in, in, uh, in the most uh, celebratory but also um, uh, supportive way. Mm -hmm. Every day, not just during the month of uh, February. Black history is every day. I'm black every day. I wake up black every day. This is my experience. This is my life every single day. The Greater Roxbury Arts and Culture Center will soon have a new building in Nubian Square. The 34,000 square foot facility will have features like theaters and art galleries and will be the new home of Origination Dance Group and the Roxbury International Film Festival in June. For BNN News, I'm Garrett Adamsev. On Wednesday, the hearts of seniors in East Boston were filled with warm, fuzzy feelings and reflections of life and love. Love was in the air, as well as high-stepping at East Boston Senior Center. Mayor Wu was everyone's valentine for the Love's Memory Valentine's Day party hosted by Age Strong Commission and the City of Boston, where seniors celebrated love and friendship, reflected on a lifetime of cherished memories, and created new ones with their neighbors. Love is not only friendships, having a couple, for our love is universal, is for all our friends. For us in the Senior Center, we became a family. That's what's most important about love, giving to others without expecting everything in return. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody in, around there. Love is a great thing, it's unique, it's the best. I've been married for 58 years and love is not only friendship, being together, but it's making new friends, making a new family, making great memories. That's what love is to me, to my family, to my friends. For seniors, it's especially important to embrace love and celebrate enduring relationships through music and meaningful conversation. Valentine's Day is important uh, across the board, no matter the age group, uh, because it's an expression of love. Uh, love is the most powerful um, tools, the most powerful feeling that we all express as humans. Um, for our older adults here in East Boston, for them to be able to have a space, uh, for them to be able to have a day in which they're able to celebrate love, love of community, love of their neighborhood, love of their village, love of one another. It's just a beautiful day. It's a beautiful thing to have. Whether you're five or a hundred, um, love and social connection is important. And so that's why it's so important that uh, we celebrate not only when we're when we're younger, um, but also as we age, that we are able to come together and really celebrate uh, Valentine's Day and all it has to offer people. And no one knows better than seniors that love is like fine wine. It gets better with age. Boston Public Schools has finalized a collaboration with the five museums of Boston and the Franklin Park Zoo to bring more cultural experiences to students from all over the city. Check it out. The mayor, Boston Public Schools, and Boston's cultural institution leaders gathered at Boston Children's Museum to celebrate the exciting new opportunity that BPS students now have, immersing themselves in the world of arts and culture with BPS Sundays. But in some ways, my uh, happiest moments are if we just take two seconds to just listen to the noise, that, not coming from in here, but from out there. 
the sound of the little feet, the little footsteps, the shrieks of delight, the chatter, the joy, and the occasional slow down uh, because those kids are in a different world. They are home in the fullest sense of feeling connected to their possibility and all of their senses being enlivened. They are here with their peers, with their family, with their community members, with the people who make them feel like they could do anything in the world. And we are so lucky in Boston to have so many spaces like this that exist thanks to the determination of so many who have come before us. Boston's arts and culture sector is unlike anywhere in terms of the concentration, the caliber, the talent, and the access that has been made uh, through very intentional hard work over many, many years. There are people coming from all over the world to enjoy the riches, but many of our children were shut out. What does it mean to be a child of the city? And I want to thank the mayor, the arts community, the funders, and the city for bringing that back. In Boston Public Schools, our biggest challenge is closing the opportunity and achievement gap. Our kids are bright, but our kids can't do what they don't know or experience. Closing the experience gap is the first step to closing the achievement gap. And now, without barriers, many of our children and their families will learn to come and connect to the wild range of experiences that is here for them. Students will be able to explore ideas and experiences they typically would not have access to in their standard day-to-day. -day. The cultural institutions include Boston Children's Museum, Museum of Fine Arts, the Institute of Contemporary Art, Museum of Science, the Franklin Park Zoo, and the New England Aquarium. We understand the importance of these experiences and their lifelong impact. And each of us, representing the five museums and our zoo, have all been dedicated over many decades to providing accessible supporting opportunities to make this experience possible. However, we know there are still many, many children across Boston who have yet to experience the wonder and joy of our three-story climber, the giant ocean tank at the aquarium, the awesome new climate exhibition changing landscapes at the Museum of Science, the wallabies and the kangaroos at the Franklin Park Zoo, the brilliance of an artist like Simone Lee at the ICA, or a dazzling painting by Monet, or even the remarkable mummies at the MFA. We know that these experience, experiences can educate, thrill, inspire, delight, comfort, deeply move, and even change lives. And now with the BPS Sundays program, more families will be able to visit and experience the power of play and art, culture, science, live animals, and even, yes, sharks. At Franklin Park Zoo, we look forward to welcoming students from the Boston Public Schools and their families to have experiences together that can spark curiosity, deepen connections to the natural world, and create lasting memories that will go on forever. Boston is blessed because of what we have with our arts and culture. And today, you've proven that it takes a village and you're willing to be that village. We've said time and again, BPS students need to be surrounded, need to be hugged, need to be supported, and you step to the plate to make sure that happens. 
With these new experiences on the horizon, BPS students are in great hands. Summer camp, where magical memories are made, friendships are forged, and adventure awaits at every turn. And the Coast to Coast Camp Fair held at Artists for Humanity Epicenter on Saturday was the first step towards the best summer ever. Even though the weatherman forecasted snow, many kids around Boston are thinking ahead to the warm summer months they could be enjoying at camp. And they were not disappointed at the second annual Boston Camp Fair. The Summer Camp Expo wowed youth and their families with over 60 day and sleepaway camp programs for summer 2024. Camp is an incredibly unique place in that campers are oftentimes away from home, maybe for the first time, uh, and living with other campers their own age, possibly for the first time. And this really allows them to grow into new social situations, allows them to problem solve with each other and in their own right, um, and just so much more. At Beam Camp, young people are encouraged to sort of ideate around their own ideas and bring them to reality. I think that's something that's present at a lot of summer camps, whether it's a building camp or a nature camp. I think people are allowed at camp to be who they want to be and sort of explore what that means for them and then allow that to carry them into whatever part of life they find themselves going into. The fair offers an abundance of opportunities, including diverse camps, speaking with camp experts, camp discounts, interactive booths, and the chance to meet other future campers who could become lifelong friends. As a camper, as a kid, I was able to build long-lasting relationships with other campers and also my counselors, and I'm hoping that my children will be able to do the same thing. I'm hoping that they'll be able to make friends and um, build relationships with the counselors and, and just explore and do things that they normally would not have been able to do. For my kids, summer camp is an enrichment experience having them meet new friends and getting new experiences that they wouldn't normally have during the school year. I really like the idea of them going out and meeting new people and learning that there are all different types of people out there that they will get to meet at, in different walks of life and opening their horizons. And so summer camp is just to me a really great experience for all kids. What summer camp means to me is that I get to do cool activities while I'm outside of school, like I can play sports and swim and meet new people. No matter what your children's interests are, they're bound to find a camp that delivers. A summer of adventure awaits, and it starts with the Boston Camp Fair. On Sunday at the Boston Common, thousands of Bostonians took a step in the right direction at the Winter Walk to End Homelessness. Since 2016, people from all walks of life, housed and the unhoused, have walked together in solidarity through February cold to bring awareness to those living on the streets braving winter weather. Being homeless is an abyss of uncertainty and danger for the homeless person. They don't know where they're going to sleep. There is violence against them. They're hungry. Their future is one big question mark. And we need to end homelessness because nobody should be homeless. Nobody should be on a street. And at the end of the day, the only way we're going to heal humanity is if we, all of us, one on one, care for each other. Some politician isn't going to 
end it, some political candidate and party winning isn't going to end it. We're going to end it human to human by bringing compassion to those that are living in darkness. We need to be their light. So it's freezing out. This is February. We know what harsh winters are like in New England. And for the homeless not having a place to sleep at night and having to go into a shelter or, or not arriving on time means that they're sleeping outside and braving the cold. It's really difficult, and we got to remember that, especially now. In its eighth year, Winter Walk Boston covers just under two miles. Over 4,000 walkers met at the corner of Charles and Beacon Street, sharing their stories and commitment to end the harsh realities of homelessness. So when, when someone doesn't have the, the basic necessities, like a place to sleep, you're unable to, to think or focus on anything else. You're constantly struggling every single day not only to think about where you're going to work and how you're going to get food, it's just we're actually going to live and stay with your family. So it, it's, it's probably one of the most unimaginably difficult things, and we need to do everything we can to support those people. I think it's very like sad and unfortunate because, you know, a lot of people, like, they don't have to think about where they're going to sleep, and it just comes easy to them. And, you know, like, you don't know until you put yourself in, like, another person's shoes how hard it is and, like, to survive, and you don't understand the struggle that they go through. So I think this walk is very important to raise awareness for that and let more people see into this, like, reality for some other people. These walkers are putting one step in front of the other for this cause, but more of us must take our own steps to end this social ill affecting our communities. Last month, dozens of city organizations around Boston gathered for the first Civic Summit, where activists and organizations collaborated on how to better the city and its residents. Recently, Natalia Benitez-Perez, director of the Office of Civic Organizing and the woman behind the summit, joined us to discuss the work the city is doing for the diverse communities of Boston. Enjoy the interview. Last June, the mayor announced you as the new director of the Office of Civic Organizing. Can you talk a little bit about some of your responsibilities in this role and your vision for the office? Yeah, so it's been seven, eight months at this point. Um, I came from an office within the same department, the Office of Newport Services. I was serving as the East Boston liaison. So a lot of my role kind of uh, morphed into this new position, which I was really excited to continue to work with community. In the last eight months, we've done a lot, but the main responsibility of this office is to really empower residents to empower themselves through community building. And a lot of our programming really showcases that, like really fomenting that social fabric within our neighborhoods and unifying Boston in general. In January, your office hosted the inaugural Civic Summit. Can you talk a little bit about what you learned from that event and what's next on the horizon? Yeah, so it was a really fun project. We put this together in a matter of like three, four months. Uh, the Civic Summit really was a crucible of knowledge for people. We really wanted community members to come together and have a full day of learning, of networking, of activities, of just being in community with one another and really understanding the work that everybody else is doing and connecting them with the city. Uh, we had a great programming, even though it was our first inaugural Civic Summit. We had a fireside chat with Mayor Michelle Wu. We had four different uh, sessions where we had really talented speakers come and give 
give really practical information so that people can really take that information back into communities and translate that into action. They got to learn about sustainability. They got to learn about how to fund your next inspiration, how to mm. use social media, and uh, lastly, how to really be good mediators when those tough conversations come up in community, which is very needed. And as for the horizon, we are looking forward to Love Your Block, which is a massive citywide beautification project. We have about 600 to 800 volunteers every year that sign up and really come together as community to beautify their own spaces, their parks, their streets, uh, and their corners, their blocks. Oh, that sounds fantastic, something that people can take a lot of pride in doing. And uh, how does the city, through your office, uh, collaborate with diverse communities to create equity? So the city of, I mean, first of all, everything we do in the city is through the equity lens. Uh, We have great neighborhood liaisons as well as cultural liaisons that oversee different communities such as the Vietnamese community, uh, the Latinx community, um, the Cape Verdean community and the Haitian community, as well as we also have a equity and inclusion cabinet that supports immigrants, women, uh, small business owners, as well as black black male advancement and LGBTQ uh, residents. Mm. And I know uh, something that's on the hearts and minds of many of our residents is transparency, accountability when it comes to our leadership um, in the city. How do you measure the impact and effectiveness of the civic organizing efforts within the city? Honestly, through numbers and a lot of community conversations, right? Uh, So for example, for the Civic Summit, we were really proud because the statistics were so great. We really wanted to put an event that really portrayed what Boston really looks like and the most neighborhoods, or the neighborhoods that had the most signups for this event was Dorchester, specifically Mid-Dorchester. Roxbury was the second with the most uh, sign-ups, which was a really proud moment for us. Wow. Uh, East Boston was the third, uh, High Park was the fourth, and Jamaica Plain was the fifth. So that really brought a lot of pride into the work that we do because we clearly are reaching the, the folks that we really want to reach and have programming that not only works for certain people in the in, in the city, but that works for everybody. So we're always open to hearing suggestions. We have many one-on-ones with different community organizations and community leaders and just regular folks that want to talk to us about programming. And that's really how we measure our impact. We have a really small office and you know we always try to be out and about and hearing uh, what people really want to see and what we should be working on. Why is it important to build strong partnerships and collaborations with other community organizations in the city? Well, we're a really small office, and really we cannot do the work that we do without our community partners. You know, we rely on them when it comes to the different cleanups around the city. For example, we also had a blog party season last year, which we're bringing back. Ooh. Yeah, we have blog party grants, which were amazing. And without those partners, we would not be able to bring those um those the activation to to a reality so we we really need those partners to work with us so that we can make boston a better boston because we cannot do it alone excellent and for our viewers how can they learn more about the mayor's office of civic organizing so if you go to the boston.gov website slash civic organizing you can find our website there but i really encourage everybody to um Follow us on social media at Boston Civic Org. We are always putting content there, grants, uh, what's coming on the horizon. 
Thanks for tuning in, Boston. That's our show. As a reminder, you can stream or watch the news on demand at bnnmedia.org. Each episode will be rebroadcast at 9.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. on Xfinity Channel 9, Astound Channel 15, and Files Channel 2161. And make sure to check out our BNN HD Xfinity Channel 1072. You can also listen to us on the radio Fridays at 7.30 and 9 p.m. and Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. And now, you can watch BNN News on the go with Cablecast, the app. For BNN News, I'm Faith Mathedon. I'll see you next week.